0: When the crowds cried, Hosanna, it means save, actually save now. They were saying to Jesus as he was coming into the city, revolution. Right now, you're the man, you're the king. We want to, let's do this now. Let's get it done. Kick out the Romans. We're with you. What would have happened if he had done it? we'd be lost. We'd be lost. They would have been happy. Be careful what you ask for. They would have been thrilled. And in the end, they would have perished. Because we always think we know best. Only Jesus really knows best. So he did come to save, and he did save now. Just not in the way they thought, but in the way they needed. Yeah. Wow, thank you for that. That just hit me, thank you. Let's return to the Jesus we need to know in John chapter seven. Father, as we come to your word, open our eyes That we may see the Savior The one Savior The only Savior No other Savior No one else There's no other name that you have given us Under heaven whereby we must be saved But that name The name of Jesus who is Lord Oh Lord we, We need to know it again We need to hear it again We need to understand what all of that means That he is He is our Lord. He is and he alone is Lord. So Father, please, would you allow this message to help in some way? Your word is right. Help us to see it. Help us to see Jesus who is always right. Help us to submit ourselves to his authority, to his way, We're in a fight. Our will, our wills, our hearts struggle. But you can help us. And please please help us now. Use my little offering to you this morning of this message. In worship and in the fear of God, I offer this message to you that it may bless your people, your sheep. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who doesn't know who Jesus is, is still struggling with their own will, their own ways, will you speak to their heart to show them who Jesus is? Only you can do that. So we submit ourselves to you, and I submit anyone who needs you to you. I am not their savior. New City is not their savior. Only Jesus can be that. So speak, O Lord, but bless your people and prepare us for life in this world. Strengthen us, use us, transform us, renew us. In Christ's name, amen. John chapter 7, beginning at verse 14. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews, therefore, marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. Not that it is from Moses. This is John's editorial comment. Not that it's from Moses, but from fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me? Because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. That is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. You know, authority is a very important concept, isn't it? It gives you the right to act in a certain way and in certain situations if you have it. If you don't, then you could find yourself in a whole lot of trouble. When Armand, when Al-Mod Arbery was killed in Georgia, did those men have the authority to stop or even try to arrest him? Their authority was usurped authority. It was based upon faulty racist assumptions about black people. And they certainly didn't have the authority to murder him. But they took authority. Authority gives also gives you the right to tell the people under your authority what to do. So it can be helpful, but it can also be abused. People assume authority they do not have. Again, that's usurping, it's wrong. And many times when people usurp authority, other people get hurt in some way. But Jesus never usurped authority, nor abused it. He's the creator of authority. That's important. This is important today because as a culture, we struggle with authority. We don't respect authority. Nor do we willingly submit to it. We question all authority. And many times, the strange thing about it is, many times we actually fight for authority. But at the same time, we dis- distrust people who have authority. We want revolution. But revolution only brings new authority. Human revolutions merely change places. New people in old places. What we need is renewal, not revolution. Divine authority brings renewal. Transform people in old places. Then we'll see change. You see, authority is not the problem. It's the kind of people who have the authority that's problematic. Will you submit to Jesus' authority so that he can joyfully transform you and then use you to bring renewal we need transform people under the authority of Jesus who he will then use to renew old places tough places wherever you go in this passage the authority of Jesus the son of god is being questioned particularly in three areas In teaching, glory, and time. And I think it still is being a question in those areas. We're going to focus on one aspect of that this morning, on the teaching. But first of all, let's ask a basic question. What gives a person authority? Just a few thoughts. Position, title, rank, right? If you have it, you have authority. People don't even have to know you. Think about when you first went to a doctor. You didn't know that person, and you trusted them with your life. Why? Because they had position. Education gives people authority, knowledge. If, if, people, if you think somebody knows something, they become somebody you can go to for information, and you end up trusting them. You give them authority. Connections to power gives you authority. You may not have the authority yourself because you don't have the position, but if you're close to the position and you can represent the position, you get authority. Experience slash ability gives you authority. If you can get the job done because you've done it, (laughs) people will say, follow her. (laughs) Listen to him. Being first gives you authority. If you're the first one to do something, everybody looks up to you. That is if it's good. If you're the first one to go to jail in your family, that's not exactly. (laughs) But if if it's something good, important, if you're the first, wow, you can speak. One more, my favorite. Proven good character. I said, proven good character. If people can see you as trustworthy over the long haul, you may not have a position of authority, but people respect you. They say, Leonard is somebody you can trust. And he'll be able to speak in people's lives. Just because they recognize his character has been consistent and good and trustworthy over time. Jesus has all of those. (laughs) That hit me the other day. He has all of those. Position, title, education, not all knowledge, connections to power, right hand of the Father, experience, ability. (laughs) Wow, really? Being first, the firstborn from the dead, proven good care. He's got all of them. But does he have authority in your life? Does someone or something else have more authority in your life than Jesus? Jesus. He's all of those things, not just all of those things, he's all of those things perfectly. But does he have authority in your life? First thing I want you to notice in this passage, keep in mind where we are. Jesus, this, this, the Feast of Booze is about to happen. Jesus' brothers has said, hey, we're going up to the feast, Jesus. If you want to be seen, if you want to make a splash, you want people to know how great thou art, then you need to go up to the feast now. Jesus says, I'm not going up with you right now. Talk to the hand. You go. Any time is right for you. I'm not going right now. Timing is everything. Remember last time? But now in verse 14, He does go. Point, first thing I want you, the the big point here is that Jesus has the authority to teach and interpret God's word, and I add something to it, and to tell you how to live. That's the whole point of the word, interpreting it, to tell you how to live. They're amazed at Jesus. You see, he shows up to the feast in verse 14 and right away he's teaching. In verse 15, they're marveling. How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? Wow, that boy can preach. He's teaching the word of God. He's, why are they amazed? Because he's so knowledgeable of God's word but never went to seminary or rabbinical schools of that day. Those schools are great. Let's move forward to seminaries here today. They're they're great, they're designed to teach you God's word and biblical theology and languages and, 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 and all at the feet of established experts who have authority. The rabbis of that day were like that for their people. These men men knew and had memorized large portions of the Old Testament. I mean, some of them had, I mean, large portions, and, and Jesus had never studied under them. Yet he knew God's word better than anyone in history because of who he is. You know, John is by, John. Can, John one. Remember when we went way back? When John one colors the rest of John, and John keeps hitting back at John one. John one one through five. Remember who is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, the logos, the, the, the controlling principle of, that unites all things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I remember years ago, I was in Jordan and we were in this amphitheater. Now, you know, Jordan's a Muslim country. And we were there. I went with First Press, Tim Tinsley, who was... Now glorified pastor, who was I miss him every day? Um, he took, he asked me to go with him, and we went. And I remember we were standing in this amphitheater, and you know you could hear the the acoustics. This is an ancient amphitheater. The acoustics were amazing. Okay, this is right in the middle of the street, public f- area. And I remember I they, I went up front, and some, and they said, they said, and tell me, the guy said, "Kev, say something, man. See, we can see if we can hear you." And the Lord, I hope it was the Lord, and not just me being stupid, but I began to quote this passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And I'm standing in a Muslim country. And people, but people came up to me and thanked me afterwards. That's powerful dynamite right there. That's dynamite truth. Who is Jesus? He is God. And, but 114 comes in. He's not, John's not done because he says, this is the logos, this controlling principle that you greet people and, and worship and expect and, 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 and believe in but don't know what is. John takes a word that they knew, a concept that they knew, and shows them how Jesus fulfills it better than they thought anything could. He is the word, right? But then John says, hold it, but I'm not done. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So this is why they marveled at his teaching, because they were standing and listening to the word made flesh. To that, to he who spoke the universe into existence by saying, Let there be, and there was. That's why, G, that's why it says in Matthew chapter 7, so it won't be on your screen, 28 29. When Jesus finished these sayings, this is the Sermon on the Mount, when he finished the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Why? He was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. The scribes taught as those who had derived authority. They would quote the rabbis—Rabbi Shimael, Rabbi Hosea, whoever—they would—they would quote them as. But Jesus didn't quote the rabbis. He just told them what the word said. He is the authority. He speaks as the author of the word, not merely an interpreter or teacher of it. And it wasn't just his skill or even his knowledge that blew their mind. Listen y'all, it was his understanding and insight into God and our human condition. Jesus knows the Father for all eternity. And because the word became flesh, Jesus knows you for all eternity. He knows you. He has insight into your condition. And all that stuff boiling around in you, he understands it. All your confusions, he understands it. All your fears and anxieties. The word understands. He understands. Why? Question. Why do you read and study the Bible? If you do. Why do you read and study the Bible? Looking for principles. Amen. The principles are in the Bible. Amen. Good stories, better than soap operas, baby. Read the Bible. Stories in there will blow your mind. Tragedy, drama, family drama, nation, national drama. I mean, heroes who are imperfect. Man, you can't get better. <laughs> this, is, this is great stuff. Is that why you read it, you like the stories? Amen. Well, do you find that Jesus knows you when you open the Bible? Do you find that the word some that speaks and penetrates? Do you find that you're being you're being looked over and looked into and exposed? Do you find that when you when you when you when you when you read the Bible, Are you, is that happening to you? Are you seeing yourself as part of his story? You're not just out here on your own, but you've been brought into a bigger story than you could ever imagine. It's not just about you and your four walls or you and your family or you and your plans for your life, but when you, but then you find that as you open the book that you are transported into a larger narrative That you see reality a lot more clearer than you did before. I hope so, because that's what he wants to do. Do you find, most of all, do you find God? Do you see Jesus? I find it funny here that Jesus does not highlight his deity as the word made flesh to answer their question. Instead, he humbles himself and only says, he only says, I'm saying what the father has sent me to say. He, didn't, he could have said, because I can say it, because <laughs> I know. Come on, BB, you would have said, because I know. That's why. <laughs> he didn't do that. He says, I'm only telling you what my father told me to say. Hmm. He, he is the word of the father. He's the word that, that communicates the Father. Literally, Jesus says he is not speaking on his own. That's literally what he says. The word authority is supplied by our translators to help us understand. But literally, the word is not there, but that is the idea. I like the literal though. He's not speaking on his own. He is, and John, we find out he's, he's not doing anything. <laughs> on his own little kids I, mean, I got little. I had little kids once they're all grown up women now but they little kids love to tell their parents I can do it what they mean is they can do it on their own they're not just saying I can do it they're saying they don't need your help <laughs> no help from you no mommy, no mommy I do it, I do it Jesus was not like that. He was was more dependent upon God than any person who has ever lived. He was dependent upon his father showing us how to live. But also, you know what I'm going to say. He was dependent in our place. Because Bruce likes being independent. Bruce is the child who says to God the Father, I can do it. Come on, somebody can identify with Bruce. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you, brother. The bearded wonder himself can identify. I can do it. We we like, we are told to be independent, are we not? We've taught our children to be independent, especially when it comes to money, you know pay your bills baby but God doesn't call us to be de- independent we fail to live dependently upon God so Jesus does it for us in our place so, that, so, the more, so as we grow in our understanding and trust of him he turns and makes us more dependent that's kind of crazy I'm a grown man. I, I, I come on somebody. I, I'm educated. All those years in school so I could be independent. And now Jesus comes along and tells me, eh, "You need to be more dependent." Kev. Woo! That's a shot to the old pride and ego. It's only in total dependence that we really find the authority of Jesus renews us. That means, therefore, if I'm living under his authority when he speaks, can I say it? And not be labeled legalist. When Jesus speaks, he's to be obeyed. See, here's the thing. You can trust him to use his authority over you in the right way. He will never abuse his authority. He will always do what is good for those who trust in him. But we live in a culture, come on people, we live in a culture that distrusts all authority. So when God's word speaks to us with authority, even though Jesus is the perfect one, we still get scared. And worse, we get angry with God. We don't want him to tell us who to love, our identity, where to put our money. Oh, no, don't touch the money. <laughs> we don't want him to tell us where to live or what job. We, we, we say we believe. I mean, I love, I love you guys. I'm so glad you're in the fellows ministry. But you're, you're saying you believe he is Lord over all of life. Are you living like that? Are you living on his authority? Can he speak to every aspect of your life? Who you marry, if you marry, where you live, what job do you take? You see, we, we say these things. But then when he expresses his authority to speak, to because to, remember, he, he, he interprets the word. He brings the word. He is the word. That is God's word. It is not his suggestions. It is what he says we, 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 he wants us to follow for our good. For our good. He, he, Jesus gets no points because you follow How do you view Christ's authority in your life? Is he a curmudgeon trying to destroy all your joy and keep you from having fun? Is he some kind of sadist just wanting you to suffer? Does he hate you? Is that how you see his authority? He hates you because he wants you to do hard things. How do you see his authority? Is this authority good suggestions among others? I think it was Ted Koppel, who many of you probably don't know who that is, Well, he was news anchor many years ago, well, well-respected journalist. He, one time, Ted, Ted Koppel was Jewish, and one time on national news, this is before Fox News, y'all, believe it or not, before Fox News, Ted Koppel said something like this, the Ten Commandments are not the Ten Suggestions. On oh, national TV! Is that how you view the Lord's authority in your life? Some good suggestions, but I need to compare His ideas with my blog, my favorite blogosphere, my favorite uh, uh, podcast, uh, my favorite, you know, author that I just love to hear because you know they speak words of light. My fa- my favorite, you know, uh, 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 right wing or left wing commentator. You know, we got to get their word first. Before we can follow Jesus, before I submit to his authority, I got to go check out what? Hmm, I don't know. Man, I'm just crazy. Is, th- is his authority to be followed no matter what? <laughs> I watched I a movie a week ago. Don't don't hate me. It was Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. I like Hobbs and Shaw because I like Dwayne John. I like The Rock, and I love Jason Statham. Those guys are action heroes, and this lady was in it too. And I don't know her name, forgive me, but she was amazing. You know the story if you you watch Fast and the Furious in this one. uh, These are two agents who hate each other. You know, now you see how The Rock is a, you know, he's this giant of a, Statham is slightly bill shorter, but man, that guy can move and he can fight. He's gifted, he's talented, no doubt. They have to work together, but they hate each other. Of course, they gotta go out and save the girl, which is actually Jason Statham's sister, who Hobbs begins to, who, uh, who um, The Rock begins to kinda take a shine to a little bit. They gotta go save her, and of course, they must save the world. But in doing that, because they hated each other, and they both had the hugest egos you ever want to see, they said to each other at separate times. They both said it. <laughs> Nobody tells me what to do. When one of them would say, "Hey, let's go this way," the never got to go, "Nobody tells me what to do." And then he go, and then the other guy would say, "Hey, come this way." Nobody, and then, they kept doing that to each other. No, that was their refrain and this, I think this is us, forgive me. Nobody tells me what to do. That's our culture, and it's, and, and we live in this bubble, and we're, and we're being saturated with, with the fact that we're all experts now because we read a blog. We can all speak, and our voices can be heard around the world because we got something to say. And nobody tells us what to do. Jesus died and rose again to be king over a people for whom he died. He established, he has revealed his kingdom. He died for you so that you could have the joy of no longer living for yourself, but for him who died to have you. He wants you to experience the joy of living under his divine authority. You've already did the other. You've already lived. If you, if you, if you didn't grow up in a Christian home you, and, and get saved at an early, early age, you've already lived under your own authority. You've already said, my will be done. My kingdom come, my will be done. You've already done that. And you, and you have to know that where did that get you? How did that work for you? I don't know about you. It, it wasn't working all. It was, it was working when it worked. And when it didn't work, oh boy. And the truth of the matter, it really wasn't working at all. That's the truth of the matter. We all live under some type of authority whether we like it or not we've got to stop listening to the philosophies of this world as our guiding authorities the guiding principles of this world in psychology sociology um, uh, political science go on they all promise something and I call it revolution they all say we can put we can take power whether it's racial, whether it's political, it doesn't matter. Whether it's in education, it's about power. These these things want power. These philosophies want power. They want they want authority, and they want and they say if you look at us and listen to our stuff and jump into our camp, whether it's QAnon or Black Lives Matter, whatever group it may happen to be, it promises you. Power and authority and here's the thing if you buy into them and go oh hog you will you will you might you might you might get revolution but all you're going to do is exchange flawed leadership for more flawed Amen. sinful leadership Amen. under Jesus authority you will find renewal which in the end will lead to the greatest revolution of all time. It's called the return of Christ. That's the revolution we need. But, but, But that revolution is for renewed people it's for people who are living under the authority of Christ now because we recognize he is the word, he is the creator he is that, he makes me tick he he knows me better than my psychologist, my counselor, my therapist, my doctor, he knows me better than all of them put together and and and, and he actually loves me, they don't I'll I'll prove it to you don't pay the bill and you'll see how much they love you. Jesus paid the bill. He paid all the bills. He said, listen, listen, they are too heavy. They can't can't afford the therapy they need. I'm gonna have to do a renewal project. I'm gonna pay the bill for them so that they can be transformed from the inside out under my authority as I teach them the word of God. I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy. But I believe what the choir is saying. Our God reigns. That means he has authority over us whose claim he reigns. It's a statement of the kingdom. That's why we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because we're saying we are living under the authority of the king, of the Lord of lords and king of kings. We are saying that we believe that he is in total control and that every aspect of our lives, our vocations, our recreations, our families, every aspect, everything is under his authority and we can do everything we do in his name and in a way that shines him forth. Are you an artist? Make art to the glory of Christ under his authority. His authority is freedom. It's renewal. It's change from the inside. And to his authority. You'll be made whole. You'll be made whole. All the other authorities make you a slave. And in the end, we will spew you out. Bring Jesus' authority to the other authorities. Amen. Amen. I didn't say you can't learn something from sociology and et I can say that. I didn't say that. If it's true, it's God's truth. But bring his authority, his word to bear on all of them. Right. Never get in bed with them. Right. Right. You end up with a spiritual STD. Jesus brings healing under his authority. And these dear folk were about to reject it because they didn't know who Jesus was. And some of them didn't want to know. I hope you're not in that categories. I hope, and we'll talk more about it next time, but I hope your heart is to hear God's voice and to know The truth. And Jesus promised under his authority that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free if you know him and seek him and submit to his authority. You can trust him. Jesus, you can trust. Father, please help us. Forgive us, Father, for fighting against your authority in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking we really know better than you do or somebody else does. We're scared because human authority has let us down so many times. It has, Father. You know it's true. And so when Jesus shows up and says, he speaks on your authority, which means he has authority because who he is, and he says, we need to live this way and think this way and believe this way. That's, sometimes that scares us. Help us, Lord, to look at his character, his good proven character and recognize we can trust him and help us to proclaim this one to our friends and family, to our enemies, to our coworkers and To our schoolmates, help us to proclaim this one who has all authority and is totally trustworthy. In his name, amen.